Mama, I know your overwhelm. That to-do list, the marriage struggles, the sleepless nights, and the desperate sense of inadequacy you often feel as a mother. I know because I've been there. But more importantly, I know that in your baby's DNA are seeds of greatness too big for you to humanly comprehend. You are thinking too small. You are raising no ordinary child. And you, Mama, are a force in the earth called to be no ordinary parent. Yes, you. My name is Denise Mira, and my book, No Ordinary Child, Unlocking the Leader Within Your Child, is chock full of the gold I mined over three decades of parenting my five extraordinary children. It's not a book of rules and more stuff you have to do. Instead of a heavy yoke, you'll find freedom. Trade in your overwhelm for an infusion of power and realize the transformation you've been longing for. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. You've come to the right place. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I'm your host. On the One More Child Podcast, we'll talk about our daily struggles, faith, family, children, relationships, and whatever the Lord brings our way. One thing you can be sure of, I will share helpful solutions and encourage you along your journey in life. And best of all, I know without a shadow of a doubt that the truth will set you free. This is your personal invitation to join me weekly on the One More Child podcast. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to One More Child Podcast. And my name is Felice Gerwitz. And today we are going to be talking about the power of fatherhood, how uh, dads are just so pivotal to raising families and how important and wonderful dads are. And especially um, as we're recording this, uh, we are coming up on on uh, Father's Day. And so it's uh, just kind of perfect timing that we're we're talking about this. And my special guest today is someone that you are familiar with if you've been listening to the One More Child podcast, and that is uh, Denise Mira. Welcome, Denise. Felice, thank you. It's great to be with you today. Well, Denise, tell us about your website and where people can find out more information about you. Oh, thank you, Felice. My My website is the same as my name, denisemira.com. My passion is to empower parents to raise extraordinary children and to recognize the dynamic potential in their little ones and their big ones as well. And, um, oh, I've just got all sorts of resources. I would love to gift your listeners with a tool I've got right now that creates peace in the home and attacks that lazy bone in our kids and also a special video that I've created during this time of COVID and rioting and all the rest to really uh, comfort parents and encourage them um, in this unusual historical season. So 
just visit me at denisemirror.com and sign up and I'll send you those right out today. It would be my privilege. Wonderful. And we have the, the links on the show notes at onemorechildpodcast.com. This is episode 34. And Denise's last name is spelt M-I-R-A. So it's Mira M-I-R-A dot com. And today we are going to talk about dad as, uh, you know, having this amazing destiny, you know, basically ordained by God um, as the head of the family. Uh, so let's start with, um, you know, some research that you've done with U.S. News and World Report. Well, Felice, I just think it's, it's so good to remind ourselves in the scriptures that there's a passage that says, you know, remind yourself, remember, because we can forget that uh, dad is destiny. And U.S. News and World Report said this. They said, dad is destiny more than virtually any other factor. A biological father's presence in the family will determine a child's success and happiness. That's a powerful statement from a secular publication. And it really, boy, it was like a hammer that hit. I, it was edgy and it was actually posted there in 1995, uh, back around the time that my youngest was born. And I think today it would probably not even be allowed to be, to be posted. It would be called hate speech. Uh, and that's why in these days, these uncertain days, these treacherous times, we've got to remind ourselves of the truth. And that is the truth. Dad is destiny. Just in my own experience with my own five sons, my husband of 40 years. Wow. I just, I just want to enunciate this because I believe that in our culture, uh, it's our culture's preference and penchant, at least modern culture and modern media, um, to raise up women and to trash men, uh, especially fathers. And I think it's having a real impact in our society. Um, as we look around, Felice, I think you would agree with that. Oh, it has. And that is uh, one of the things that has really, I believe, hurt the fabric of our society, that men really um, sometimes are held captive. They don't know how to act or, you know, to be politically incorrect or, um, you know, what to expect out of relationships. And I think that, uh, you know, we parents have such a pivotal role of raising strong sons. I have three sons and two daughters, and you've got all, you know, five beautiful boys. And, you know, it takes parenting uh, that is very strong, uh, you know, with our children in order to explain to them, you know, what it means, what true fatherhood means. And so, mm. you know, it's, it's really disappointing. Uh, so many times when we see dads that won't, uh, you know, won't discipline their kids or won't, because um, they want to be friends or just really have a misconstrued idea uh, of what fatherhood means. And so, yes, I, Go ahead. Sorry. No, no but so you, you were taught, you um, kind of alluded to that. Um, you know, I'm looking at notes here, friends, as you're listening, yeah. you've got like a little cheat sheet here, but you know, you were talking about dads having a superpower. So, so explain what you mean by that. Mm, and then if you wanted to well, comment on what I said, go ahead. Right. Well, Psalm 127.5 talks about, um, arrows in the hand of a mighty man and referring to our children arrows that's weapons in the hands of a mighty man um it's that's power 
And as I see, as a, as a father is confident in who he is as a man, as a dad, in his role, he has the opportunity to launch his children into the world with such precision and force and strength and to see the impact they have as he launches those, and they are weapons of war. Uh, I, my five sons are weapons of war against the spirit of this age, against uh, the spirit of darkness, against uh, contrary spirits that are lying to, to generations. And so dads have inherent superpowers. I, and, and you know what the important thing right now that, you know, women, mom, you might be listening, dad, you might be listening, but so many women I know listen to you, Felice. And, and, you know, they immediately compare their husband with somebody else, you know, oh, well, he's not Jim or he's not Bob or he's not Felice's husband or he's not Denise's husband. But the fact is every father uh, is flawed, just like every mother. We, we all have weaknesses, glaring weaknesses. And, and so I want to just, just remind you, mom, out there that effective fathers come in all shapes and sizes. I've got, I've got a, a bossy Italian husband. <laughs> he's strong as steel, but he's got a heart of gold and he's wrapped in, in, in velvet and, and he's got so much love. And then, you know, my friend Sally has the most timid, kind, gentle husband who, um, you know, wouldn't say five words to my husband, 20 words maybe, but they're both so effective in their own roles. And they're both, I think that we, we can't diminish that inherently in men, what God has put in men to be fathers. Women don't understand it. Women argue with it. Women can actually pull it down and destroy it because it's not, you know, they're not women, they're men. And I think that uh, we, we, we've just got to realize, look at our men with new eyes and say, God, show me, you know, show me what that magic in my man that is supposed to be uh, the father that, that you've called him to be. Because I think that um, even our men, they need our encouragement. You know, when we look back at the shows that we were growing up watching, Leave it to Beaver and The Brady Bunch and, you know, all those nice, conservative, wonderful shows where dad was respected and, and honored and served and greeted at the door. Those days are over. And most of our kids who are now the parents of our, of our generation, you know, they grew up on Everybody Loves Raymond and all the commercials where, uh, you know, in home improvement and all the things where the women, they were the, you know, capable, decisive, aggressive women were, and their men were just castrated, you know, limping along <laughs> to their drumbeat, you know, following their instructions. And, and I think that, you know, today we have to realize that that message has impacted our men. And so much is up to us as women to encourage our men in their role and to encourage them in their power. And so that's what I mean by, um, by, Dads have inherent superpowers, that Psalm 127.5 passage, and to remind them of who they are, uh, contrary to what society is telling, telling us that they are. Right. And, you know, it's up to us to turn the TV off. I mean, if there's something that is, um, you know, questionable, it's okay to change the channel. Sometimes we get invested in a show or we think it's funny and... Um, you know, I'm happy that I know the names of the shows you mentioned, but never really watched them. So, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't help. And I think we as women really, uh, like you, you alluded to, can drag the husbands down. One of the things I um, 
learned from my mom is that she always uplifted my dad. And my dad was very strong. I mean, both my parents were born in Italy. So, you know, we've got the Italian going. I empathize sometimes <laughs> with your husband. But my dad would be very headstrong. And, you know, he, he might get ready to make a really bad decision. And she would just really, you know, instead of saying, well, that's really dumb. And I just can't believe you're going to do that. And so she would say, well, let me help you. And, you know, so what are you thinking about doing or like kind of work him through and kind of effectively have him maybe think through something before, uh, you know, he reacted. Um, one of the things I'm thinking about was, um, you know, not really a necessarily parenting thing, but we owned a restaurant and he might get upset with the delivery guys being late um, because that would affect, uh, you know, how he could prep for food and things like that. And I remember her talking him off the shelf sometimes when he was going to call and yell at someone. And I think that that tempered, you know, made him think and we got yelled at, but he really wasn't um, like he wasn't we never really got hit or, you know, because it, it's sometimes when, when a dad gets very upset, it's hard to temper that, you know, and come up with um, a, a really good balance. And all we needed to do was either get a look or, or hear his voice. And that was mm. it. And we would listen. And so, you know, you don't see that today. You don't see moms encouraging their husbands. You don't, like you were saying, they, they want to gossip about them and kind of compare them to everyone else. And, you know, it's not true. Mm. You know, um, Irma Bombeck had a, she was a humorist uh, way in the past, yeah. you know, she had the saying, and I think she even wrote a book about it. It's like the grass is always greener. Um, and you know, it's like, you always think the grass is always greener. And then her, her catchphrase was over the septic tank, you know, as a little <laughs> and that, yep, kind of, yep. you know, and that kind of sums up that we think, you know, everyone else has these perfect lives and we're the ones struggling because our husbands just don't get it. And a lot of times we can be the help. Our, no husband is perfect. All right. I've been married 40 years as well. This is going to be 41 years for us in August. No, even though every once in a while I will say to him, you know, I always think you're so perfect and then you ruin it by being a man. <laughs> and that's like when I'm really upset with him, like he'll say something typically male, you know, which I, I phrase as, and it's not, it's not, we both kind of laugh at this point in time, you know, it may have caused an argument when we were in our twenties. But the, you know how that goes too. But I think oh, the, point, yes. the point I'm trying to make is we can really encourage our husbands to surpass anything that they even think they can do. And, um, you know, and, and, and the way we do that is coming alongside them, not belittling them and being a partner in the true sense of what that means. And, you know, I, I'm sure you've got a lot to add to this um, as well as, as some biblical principles that you're going to share. Oh, I love this, Felice. We could talk about this for I days. Know, right? <laughs> it's so, yes, it's so vital. It's so important. And I think, I, you know, I think about your children. I think about my children by God's grace, there was something of a muzzle put upon me as a wife exactly what you're saying to just shut up what I really want to say what I'm really feeling at the moment because we are so gifted and resourceful and creative and 
sharp and as women, God's made us that way uh, to be mothers, but we've got to, we've got to temper that as we relate to our men. And I think this whole generation, and it's hard even, even to, and like you said, you didn't watch those shows. I didn't watch those shows either. I think, um, and then we see that now in the fruit of our children, don't we? Thank the Lord for that grace because mm-hmm. I can't take credit for that. I just, by the Holy Spirit, he shows us things to come. He warns us, oh, women, listen to the Holy Spirit and obey because this smear campaign against our men, and I mean, it's been over the past several decades. It's impacted our culture in an enormous way, and it's redefined manhood. And it, it, like you said, uh, Felice, it casts suspicion upon men who dare to display any strength and leadership in almost any context. So you know they can't they can't win. They just so they so they're muzzled. And well, meanwhile, strong women are cheered on. And you know the the trickle down effect has infused poison into family life. And so many women that might be listening might be experiencing that poison even right now and not even know where it's coming from, but it has infused poison. And then it, it seems to me that many men become tentative about their role. They default to their very capable dominating wives. And then that leads to chaos and confusion and ultimately the breakdown of the family, because any woman I meet is not looking for a weak man to marry you know, any single woman, any divorced woman, but what they don't realize is they're very, they're, they are the ones weakening their men through, like you were saying, talking too much, using the wrong words, crashing into them rather than gently segueing in and suggesting or offering. And I'm not talking about passive aggressive behavior here either, which I've right, seen right. predominant in women, you know, dropping, mm-hmm. dropping a hint, huh, huh. It's the eye rolls and the, and the sarcastic comments and the careless trashing and, and like trying to make up for them. No, none of that. That is what we're trying to tear down here to appreciate. Boy, when you have a strong man at the helm of your home, you are one grateful woman. And, and I, I just want, I want women to experience the blessing of that the same as that I have. Um, and, you know, timeless biblical principles. We were talking about all shapes and sizes that men come in. Uh, whether they're quiet and whether they're loud, whether they're, you know, whatever they might be, they're all shapes and sizes. But if you look at a a biblical principle, let's just take a barren couple, you know, uh, Samson's parents and uh, Manoah was the father and, and Samson hadn't been born yet. And in Judges 13, you know, the angel came to, to Manoah to tell him that uh, he was going to have a son. And, you know, Samson's father didn't, uh, go down and pour himself some of that good wine from the basement and, and just celebrate with the buddies. What was his first concern? His first concern was what will be the destiny of this child? I mean, that is a biblical principle that's timeless that any husband, whether he's a, you know, a cook, whether he's a carpenter, whether he's a gas station attendant, our first, a man's first concern should be what, what should be the, what's going to be the destiny? What's the plan for my son's life? How do I, respond to your plan for this child. And, and that's a, that's a biblical principle that any father can embrace. And, and then God honors that, that prayer. When I look at Proverbs four, five, six, and seven, those are letters from a father to a son. These are, these are principles of, of fathering. These are, these are dad things. But nowadays it just seems to me so many dads, all you hear him say is, turn up the TV, I can't hear the game, or 
or turn down the thermostat, it's too hot in here, turn off the lights. What are we saying to our sons and daughters? And a father has so much power, but I feel like because we've, you know, we've, we've masked them, they can't talk, we've muted them, you know, we're not, we're not opening the door to let them say anything or, or express what they feel about their children or even know how to parent. And so, um, so, you know, these are just biblical passages that I see that are so valuable uh, for a dad to use with his own children um, that, you know, they're, are amazing. And, you know, when I look at my husband and your husband, um, just because, you know, I know a lot about you and you know a lot about me. I think about uh, when we talk about dad being destiny, I think about the generational impact that our husbands have had, Felice, by being faithful men, by being able to, to be free to parent, by being, being exalted as the, the masculine head of household. That is a precious thing. And now I, I call it uh, God's most uh, ingenious multi-level marketing plan because now see I've got five heads of households that that my my husband and I have raised together and they know it's okay to be strong and masculine and loud and and clear and and intentional and um it's a precious thing because now I know I I'm watching three of my son's father with courage and strength and intention and hands-on daddies more than I've ever you know it's amazing it, they're they're like they take hood on, on steroids, you know, from what what past generations have because they've had the benefit of our teaching and our, our our modeling for them, you know, what it is to be a dad and a mom. And so so I just I just think the general generational impact is mind boggling because if you look that look at that and break that down, right now we've got six grandchildren. But think about when we have fifteen or twenty grandchildren. Um and then we're preparing all of them to be heads of household if they're, you know, if they're men or, or mothers, if they're women. And so, Dad, you are destiny. And I just, and Mom, you've got to look at your husband with new eyes if you've been discouraged or, you know, just feeling despondent or feeling or just or just really tearing him down in your own heart and mind. That's where it starts. It starts in the heart and mind. Just just hear what we're trying to share, the truth of what we're experiencing, um, that this can be your truth as well. This can be your life as well. We're not God's special people. He, he doesn't have any favorites. And I bumbled along, bumbled through making so many mistakes, uh, even this week, you know, rolling my eyes at my husband and saying some off-color remark I had to go apologize for later. Because you know what? We're sinners. And it's it's always in us to want to, to sin. Or, you know, and so... I'm not saying I've got it all down. I'm not saying I'm always perfect. I've got to apologize to my own kids sometimes for, right. for tearing down their father. And, and I think that's the secret though, isn't it? That we keep showing up and that we keep trying to do our best and we keep remembering um, the truth versus the lie. And that's why, like you said, turn it off, turn off the lie, erase the lie, stop mm-hmm. listening to the lie. And it uh, is. Know. And where so. does that lie come from? And it comes from the enemy. And he sows this discourse and makes us unhappy. And, um, you know, it's really interesting because at the very beginning of my marriage, um, I was, uh, both of us, I'm sure, would agree that we're both very strong women. So if you're listening to this and saying, well, I'm a strong woman, you just don't get me. <laughs> oh, no. I am like a bull in a china <laughs> shop. If I get an idea... 
you know, Jeff used to say, um, you know, like there's the whole thing about being the string on my kite. And he was like, no, I have an anchor on the kite because she would just take off and, you know, and it would be true. I'd be in the stratosphere mm. and be like, okay, uh, where was I going? So, you know, there's been a lot of interesting uh, give and take in our marriage, but at the very beginning, uh, and I've mentioned this on other podcasts, um, I remember for like the 10th time him doing something I didn't like, and I would just start crying. And he, um, unfortunately for me, had four sisters and he was just like, well, when you're done crying, then I'll talk to you. <laughs> so that kind of didn't, the tears didn't work, you know, which always uh, worked otherwise. And so, um, you know, I, I would talk to him and then tell him that, you know, 99 things he did wrong. And I, and we had made this pact of not going to sleep angry. Uh, so, you know, the poor thing is in construction and needs to get up at five in the morning and I'm still rambling on about, you know, all these infractions. <laughs> Finally, I think bleary eyed, you know, and he would always try to say it was his fault just so we could go to bed. So of course that didn't sit well either. Very wise man. But he said something which, you know, we were 25-ish, I think he was 25 or 26, and so we're, we're early 20s, and I thought this took such wisdom, and I really believe it was from the grace of God, and he said to me, you expect me to make you happy. I will never make you happy. Only God can make you happy, you know, and that was just such a shock. It's not like we can't be happy with our spouse, right? Of course we can but his point wow. was, I was looking for perfection and the poor thing was like, you know, you're just not going to be getting it here. And, you know, you keep looking for something that is not possible. And when I mm. realized that it made so much of an impact in our relationship, in our life. And I went to my knees and I told him, you know, exactly, you know, what you were saying about of having to apologize and then really getting down to deciding, you know, when we needed to talk that it was really a valid concern and it wasn't just hurt feelings. And I think a lot of times we women, you know, we get hurt very easily, but so do our men and they have a way of hiding it better so that, you know, when something happens and then they get really upset, we're like, what, you know, that sets you off. But, um, but I think that's something to be aware of that only God can really make us happy. And um, boy, that's and, powerful. That is a powerful is. interlude. Wow. Yeah. About infractions is so true. It's, I can envision the exact same scenario and I'm sure every woman can that. And it, it makes me laugh, but it wasn't funny at the time, but that, what a wise man indeed. Oh, that's, that's yeah, powerful. Just, yeah. Well, and, and you know, moms, we can do a lot. Moms can do a lot, but they can't take the place of a father. And Felice, I think so many women, this is what I've seen with my very own eyes in this culture. They sort of think ma their man is disposable. They say divorce quickly, and then they live alone forever. Maybe they go through revolving door relationships. Maybe they go through two or three more marriages because the fact is there's no perfect man. And so often, as I've said, <clears throat> said to women, it, your man's not your problem. You're your problem. Your man is just the sand inside the, the oyster creating the pearl of you. So just suck it up, buttercup, and, right. and you know push through because, because that 
we've got too much pampering of the little girls that want to be Cinderella and wear their princess dress. Well, I'm sorry, but that princess dress is only, <laughs> it's going to get dirty in marriage. And you just, and I, I just think moms have a really inflated sense of self because of our culture that, Oh, I can do this. Oh, we, I can, this. another man will appreciate me better. But I, I, I have to say, um, I could cry when I think about it. My, uh, you know, one of my own dear uh, daughter-in-law's, came from a broken home and wonderful, wonderful mother, wonderful stepdad. But she reminds me and underscores semi-regularly that uh, divorce is a death that never dies and that fathers, biological fathers are the most powerful, even when they're imperfect, even when they don't do it right, even when they forget holidays, even when, you know, they're gruff and they're insensitive or whatever you want to call them. There is something wired into a biological dad for his children that no one can take the place of. And I do, I'm not undermining the wonderful role that so many stepdads and foster dads, and, and I know you hear what I'm not saying as well, um, have taken this place. I mean, we, my own sons and my own husband father children that aren't his own. That's how we, that's how we operate. That's how we see scripture. We, you know, we're fathers to the fatherless. But, but women... If you can have a biological dad, start there and make him shine, you know, make him, help make him shine. Oh, absolutely. And I, I never knew my biological father. Um, so I do, you know, my mother remarried, which in Catholic families is a no-no. So she met somehow after many, many years, they were able to, um, you know, validate their marriage and get their, their first marriages annulled. But um, it's so funny because people always thought my dad was my dad, you know, and it was, he, my brothers look like my father cause they're, um, they have my mom and dad are, are their parents. And so, um, but you know, it, it's sad when, when I see things like that too, where, where people just feel like divorce is okay. And we have never thought that. And especially because I saw what it, my mother was abandoned. So I saw what it did to my mom and um, you know, it just, it just broke her apart. And she would say things like, I wish I had never married him. And this, I remember her saying this when I was eight, uh, Denise, because she was so devastated. And I finally looked at her with the wisdom of like an eight year old and I'm like, well, mom, I wouldn't be here, you know? And then she wow. said it again. So I think that, you know, we can, um, you know, look at things and just think that it is, um, you know, so cut and dry, but there is a reason for everything. And I really feel like God knows. And the biggest takeaway for me and the conversation we're having is, and especially, you know, 99.9% .9 of you guys um, are, are going to be wives listening to this, unless you you know, made your husband listen to this. So dad's welcome and, and sorry, <laughs> or maybe this is a good thing. I don't know. Um, Cause my husband always laughs when I say you have to listen to this, but um, the best thing we can do for our marriages is to pray. That is the absolute best thing. And I'm not just talking about, you know, dear God, please change him to do what I want him to do. But it's, you know, dear Lord, please help me with what you want me. To. I don't believe, you know, God, you're laughing, but you know, we both prayed that. <laughs> Let's be real, Denise. <laughs> you know, oh my I know gosh, I have, it's so true. But to just really just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
God's will is so much better than anything we could even imagine. Yep. As we get older and wiser, I would hope, we learn that by giving the Lord our will to do with us as he wills, you know, then it just more perfectly aligns to his will. And recently, I think I did a podcast about this I, on my A Few Minutes with God. I did a whole um, show on, on Joseph, on the foster father of Jesus and his role and his nurturing. If you want to look at a strong man, you know, look at Joseph look at what he had to do. Like he probably looked at Jesus mm-hmm. and said, Oh my gosh, what could I possibly teach him? Right. Mm-hmm. And he had to go and reprimand Jesus when he was in the temple, you know, and say, uh, son, you know, which Mary did, you know, your father and I didn't know where you were. And Jesus said, well, didn't you know I was supposed to be, I was going to be in my father's house. Uh, no, cause we're not, you know, uh, we don't know everything like you do, but he mm-hmm. was a strong example of, of taking on the role of impossibility to raise Mm. our savior and to protect him and to protect his mother and to, you know, and so, you know, we look at who do we look at as our role models? And that's the problem. You know, your role model Mm. is within your home. And if it isn't, then you need to be on your knees praying that it becomes that. And I'm not talking that, you know, everything is perfect and he's leading the Bible studies and he's, you know, singing Kumbaya at the table with the kids, but just that, you know, cause that's what we think, you know, we have yes. this idea of perfection. That's just not going to happen. Oh, please. I, I, so many women have said to me, well, he doesn't do devotions, but I said, but wait, he's devoted to you and the children. He's devoted to the Lord. He's devoted to working so you can stay home. He's devoted. He's a devoted man. Don't put a religious cloak on him. Don't put legalism on him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need uh, to amen. sing in tongues and, you know, and, uh, and raise the dead. He wants to try. And, and see, I totally hear. And by the way, your book, uh, One More Child, I absolutely loved it and i'm not just blowing smoke i was sad when it was over i loved reading your life story felice and and seeing the grace of god and how honest you were about your weaknesses and the brokenness of your you know of, of just i just loved it anyway but but that Thank that you. is such a powerful powerful thing that god brought you uh, a daddy and the same way that god brought my daughter-in-law a daddy and that is grace that is so much grace and it's multiplied millions and millions and millions of time in the earth. But if we don't have to lean on that, if we can have our biological dad, let's, let's just realize how powerful he is. If he'll, you know, if, if he, if he stays and does the job, you know, I hear women say, he watches too much TV and the kids shouldn't be in the room when he's watching those shows. We'll take the kids outside and play. You know, we all, we've all done it. We've all, we, we just, no more excuses, <laughs> no more excuses for why you have to trash your man or, or, you know, think that he's not good enough. These are little bitty things. The big things are, is he faithful? Is he showing up? Is he providing? Is he all those things? And, oh, I, I love this. But, you know, we, you had, you had, we had started out with dad is destiny. And I don't know if you've heard this. This is a very real statistic that 70% of the multiplied million men incarcerated in our prisons in the United States never had a relationship with their natural father. Just think about that for a minute. 70% of the men incarcerated 
Now we can't we can't use the same brush on everybody. Of course not. We're just highlighting the 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 highlights here. We're just talking about what we can cover today. But that talk about destiny. Okay, even now, and I know that uh, you know down the road somebody will be listening to this podcast, and it won't be 2020 June, whatever July, whatever date you're going to run this. But but as we are sitting here in the middle of the craziest year we've ever had in our lifetimes, probably with first the COVID coronavirus, then we go into the the race, the you know the race pri- protests and rioting. And Felice, I look at those groups of people that are burning Seattle down, which is about 40 minutes from my door. Wow. I think I connect the dots and I go, "Where's Dad? Where was Dad?" What is this the fruit of? This is the fruit. What we're watching unfold is the tipping point of the fruit of fathers not fathering, mothers not mothering. That's why I feel so passionate about this. You connect the dots and I would almost guarantee you we could we could interview each of these destructive creatures, not even knowing what they're doing or why they're doing it. And we could probably find out all was not well at home. Perhaps they didn't even have a home. Perhaps they didn't have a family. So talk about dad is destiny. We are watching it play out before our eyes. I've always said, let's wait for the fruit of the daycare generation. The, the, the parents that just drop the problem off at every door from six weeks on, I've said it over and over. Let's wait and see the, the fruit when the, when the chickens come home to roost on that one. I have a feeling that's what we're watching play out before us, Felice, is children who really haven't been fathered and mothered in the biblical sense of fathering and mothering. When we look at, I'll read a couple other stats that might be helpful. Um, it's, it, it's basically uh, 46% of families with children headed by single mothers live below the poverty line. Okay, that's almost half of single parent families led by single mothers, which is typically how it goes. The mom uh, is divorced and is a full care caregiver, at least right. most, most caregiver. Now compared with 8% of two parent families living below the poverty line in general, um, it's growing up without a, a father. It, it's a proven fact that young women who are reared in disrupted families are twice as likely to become teen mothers. Daddy provides so much. Social scientists have made similar links between a father's absence. So here we're talking about dad is destiny. Dad has superpowers. Dad is a superhero. Listen to this. It says that between a father's absence and his child's likelihood, great increase when you look at a father's absence and his child's likelihood to be a dropout, a drug addict, a suicide victim, a target of childhood sexual abuse as well as one who suffers from mental illness, unemployment. It blows my mind. Um, David uh, Blankenhorn, he authored a book called Fatherless America, Confronting Our Most Urgent Social Problem. He said, fatherlessness is the most destructive trend of our generation. And so you have to think, okay, if that's the most destructive trend, let's flip it and think how much power is in dad. If, if, if there's that much power when there's not dad against the children, think how much power is for the children. And the fact that 68% of black children and 30% of all kids in America 
are being born outside of marriage. And I, and I feel like that's become even worse in the last 10 years because that, that was a, a statistic um, about 10 years ago. 68% of black children, 30% of all kids are being born outside of marriage. Dad, where are you? Dad, step up to the plate. Dad, we need you. Mom, we need you to encourage your, your husband to stay, to be there, to, to know his power. Because I think we can exhort our husbands to realize, to realize, um, you know, they, so many say behind a, you know, a good man is always a good woman and, and I, I vice versa. But, oh, I've seen the power of that, um, the power of that in our home because by God's grace, I heard the Holy Spirit more times than I didn't. I got to hear the Holy Spirit and obey. Thankfully, for all the times I didn't obey, God covered me. But uh, wow, it's 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 awesome what God God started this thing, and and that's the way it's supposed to be, you know. And now we've got all sorts of situations um, where you know we've got two moms, we've got two dads, and we've got well, that's not God's way, and that's not God's plan, and that's not biblical, and we've got to go back to truth. And, and, and I Bible. think that's, and that's the thing. Yeah, with all the confusion and the gender and whatever, um, that is all, uh, you know, a lie. And uh, I just think that, you know, the Almighty gives us free will and He allows us to make these choices. And I just think that, you know, the schools have um, totally drop the ball in this regard um, with what they mm-hmm. are teaching, uh, what they are allowing to be taught. I've seen more and more uh, families start to homeschool for so many different reasons. And a lot of it is that the power of the family, which we are actually going to talk about family first in the next episode um, of the One More Child podcast. But I just think that uh, you know, the power of the family, the power of passing on um, our uh, values and, you know, our children understanding the why um, is so important. And the way that happens is with a strong marriage, a strong mom and dad, and uh, one that is going to, you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, admit your mis- mistakes when you've made them and apologize and move on. Um, as we close here um, with this podcast, you know, do you have any last words to, um, yeah. Sure. You know, I think it'd be fitting to end with a scripture that we've all heard, but we could hear it again with fresh ears and spirits. But Malachi chapter four, verse six, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And Felice, I, I just look around me and I can't help but think we're living under a curse mm-hmm. because we've, men have lost their way, women have lost their way, but we have the power to be revolutionaries, agents of change, uh, pioneering, re-pioneering this ancient truth in, in today's world. And I would just, I, that there you go dad is destiny dad is destiny it's proven in society it's proven first in the word of god and i just want to urge us to take this seriously and to let it get in our hearts and our spirits and our minds and 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 to just live it because you know what when we do that curse is reversed and i believe it's possible 
I, I believe that the impossible is possible. And so that's what I preach. That's what I want to live. That's what I want my kids to live. That's what I pray my grandchildren will live. Let's just keep this going and, and truly um, help, help our husbands, if wives, if you're listening, help them in, in your gentle, loving, prayerful way. Prayer is so key, Felice. It's so true. God, just please work in my husband's heart, both to will and to do of your good pleasure as a father. That would be a typical prayer. I would pray. Just turn that scripture right back to God. Oh God, you turn my husband's heart back to his children. Turn my husband's heart from Xbox gaming back to my babies. Turn my husband's heart from, you know, from, I don't know, playing pickle cards or whatever, whatever the heck they're doing. Uh, too much soccer, too much football. I don't know. Turn his heart back to his children. That would be, I, I think you summed it up. We've got to be women of prayer and we've got to first off realize the power of what God's put in our men and then pray, pray and pray until we see the fruit of our prayers because we will. This is God's will. We're praying his will and he will do it. Absolutely. He will do it. I, I know he will. I, I talk about um, how there are some prayers that God always answers and the gift of faith is one that he always answers and, and reaching mm. out and using um, his scriptures and prayers. Another one he does. And I'm really glad that you ended with the prayer because I felt like this was such a heavy topic in some ways that we needed to end with prayer. So I thank you, Denise, so much um, for joining me today. And this is such an amazing topic. So thank you. Uh, for for sharing this uh, with the listeners. Oh, thank you, Felice. It's always a privilege to be here. I've so enjoyed it. Wonderful. And and guys, you can reach out to Denise um, on her website. It's Denise Mira, D-E-N-I-S-E-M-I-R-A.com. And you can find the show notes for today's episode, episode 34, uh, one more child podcast.com. And um you know, you can find more information uh, about uh, what Denise is doing and, and what she's sharing currently. It's always great to get on her email list as well as mine on the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Thank you so much. Have a blessed Father's Day for the dads out there. And uh, God bless. And we will talk to you soon. Have you ever considered having another child? One More Child is my story of personal growth and a journey of faith. In this book, I share snippets of my life and the reasons for the choices I made early on in my marriage. That was to limit our family size. However, the Lord had other plans and eventually we made a decision to have more children and this changed my life forever. I invite you to read One More Child which is available in print and on Kindle on Amazon. You are on your way to a life that is focused on joy and hope. Thanks so much for stopping by. Connect with me on social media and visit the podcast page for your show notes at onemorechildpodcast.com. If you have any questions, be sure to write me at Felice at MediaAngels.com.